Moving to Live is a podcast about movement and exercise. We bring you interviews with professionals in the movement and exercise field. The goal is to provide information for other professionals and also amateur movement aficionados, people who understand that movement is part of what makes life complete. Some of the people we interview you will have heard of. They're well known in and outside of the movement and exercise profession. Others you may not have heard of, but they have a great deal of knowledge to share. Many people doing the best work spend their time working with people, not working on their social media presence. We're going to give you a chance to learn from some of these talented and knowledgeable individuals, and we're going to learn along with you. Moving to Live podcasts are going to be short. Each interview will be long enough to impart usable information, but short enough to be able to be consumed in a single bout, during your workout, commute, or even during dinner prep. We all like long-form interviews, but time is valuable. Moving to Live wants to give you the option to learn and be entertained without needing to commit 60 minutes at a time for an interview. Give Moving to Live a listen. Check out our sister podcast, FitLab PGH, which highlights people, businesses, events, and activities in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area that make movement a priority. Moving to Live would love to hear from you. Want to connect with us or have an idea for somebody you think we ought to interview? Drop us an email, mov2liv at gmail.com, or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, both underscore mov2liv. We're excited to bring you these interviews, and we think you'll enjoy each and every one that we bring you. to live along with our sister podcast FitLab PGH firmly believe that movement should be treated as a lifestyle not just an activity. That's why Moving to Live brings you interviews across the movement field interviewing a wide variety of professionals all of whom understand that you should move more or move better. We bring you their stories and we bring you more about what they do individually professionally. If you like what you hear leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts or Connect with us in social media and let us know what you like. Two weeks ago, we talked to Jonathan Levitt about his career as a marathoner and ultramarathoner and how he essentially, by accident, fell into a job with Inside Tracker. This week, we sit down with John for part two of the interview and talk a little bit more about Inside Tracker and how potentially you can use it to help in your movement practice. Welcome back to another edition of Moving to Live. Today we have part two with John Levitt. John works for Inside Tracker. He also has a podcast for the long run. So check that out if you're a podcast listener and you're involved in endurance athletics or you want to know what it's like that keeps people motivated, especially at a high level. Again, a big thanks to Joe Bauer of the All Around Joe podcast who was generous enough to introduce me to John. John told us the first time or the first interview two weeks ago how he got into running and how literally he was at the right place at the right time with the right skills to pick up a job with Inside Tracker. So, John, I want to thank you for coming back for part two of the interview with Moving to Live. Of course. Thanks for having me on. You described uh, in our last interview how you went to an executive event with your dad. You were the youngest guy by 10 or 15 years and just ended up being in the right spot at the right time for Inside Tracker. Before you had gone to this event and met the people from Inside Tracker, had you even heard of Inside Tracker? Uh, yeah, so they had actually they were actually in our office uh, or in the previous company's office a, a few months prior. So I was sort of familiar with who they were and what they were doing um, at the time. It was a bunch of scientists uh, with an idea and, and they ended up hiring a CEO with a very uh, business focused approach. 
Um, and uh, I didn't really know much more than that. But yeah, I was familiar with familiar with the company. And somebody who doesn't know and they want the quick answer, say, I, you know, I've looked at the website. It doesn't really make sense to me. What is Inside Tracker? Personalized guidance. So it's uh, it's a blood test that tells you exactly what to do uh, based on who you are, what your goals are, and and what your specific body needs at this point in time. And how is that a advantage or a disadvantage from somebody going to their family physician and getting the yearly or as we were joking before we started recording, when my wife tells me to go <laughs> to the doctor to get the blood test? How is using Inside Tracker better? Because my understanding is in most cases, although I think there's probably some exceptions, this is something people are paying for out of pocket. Yep. Yeah. So the main difference is a physician is looking for uh, disease risk generally, and we're looking for wellness optimization. So instead of helping to keep someone from getting too sick, we're looking at how to take how to take a healthy person and help them improve. And so we use a bit more of an in-depth test than what most people are familiar with. Most people are familiar with glucose and cholesterol. Um, that's just the, the tip of the iceberg with, with what we do. We look at up to 43 different uh, nutrient hormone levels. Um, you get basic ones like the lipids and glucose and magnesium and uh, vitamin D, but testosterone and cortisol, uh, strength and power, inflammation-related metrics. Um, if you're interested in improving sleep, you know there, there are areas that we test for related to that as well. So it's, it's much more than just, you know, you're, you're not sick, come back next year. It's, you know, you're not sick, but you're not optimal. Let's help you become optimal. I know one of the interesting things for me, I switched physicians to uh, Dr. Nataloski with uh, SteadyMD. And the first thing we did is we did a blood test and Surprise, surprise, I came back with a vitamin D level of 17, which for, <laughs> for anybody who knows that, it's pretty that's, low. that's pretty low. And <laughs> his uh, first comment was, um, you need to start supplementing with uh, twice the recommended daily allowance. We'll test again in three months. And believe it or not, it went up to the high 40s. Nice. How did your, your sleep change? Uh, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, my sleep is an ongoing battle because <laughs> I have a or an epileptic uh, dog. So every time she moves in the light, I, in the night, I kind of pop up right going, Oh my God, is she having a seizure? Yeah. Got it. However, she's a good running partner. So I'll take the uh, modified sleep for hopefully the next eight or nine years so that I can uh, enjoy her company. There you go. Well, that's good. Yeah. We love steady MD. They have a very um, uh, positive approach and, and forward thinking approach. And we, we actually have a partnership with them um, to, to help that their clients and, and our clients in very different ways. Um, they have a lot of athlete, we have a lot of athlete overlap with them as well in terms of uh, some of the athletes that they sponsor. And it's super cool to see, um, it's super cool to see what they're doing and, and, you know, removing the, the logistical barriers around, um, actually speaking with a physician and removing the, the, you know, oh, it's it's fine. You know, come back, come back next year, um, and and changing it to here's somebody that understands the athlete's body, and if you're tired, the answer isn't going to be just train less, but it's going to be okay. Let's look at your ferritin levels. Let's look at you know your inflammation. Are you are you overtraining? Are you underfueling? Um, and what are what are some 
some strategies and interventions you can take to help facilitate uh, progress instead of just, you know, putting a bandaid, Oh, just train less, you know, as, as many people here. And I know the mentality of many people in America, I haven't lived around the world, so I don't know, but if you're an adult in movement and training and exercise and running marathons and other things is what you do. Many times you're kind of looked at and said, well, you know, if you feel tired, don't run. Yeah. And I think steady MD is hit on the model. It's like, look, you want to be active. You want to be able to get in the, and talk to a physician. I'll be at virtually, you know, today or tomorrow rather than three weeks from now when they have an opening at uh, 530 three PM. Weeks. <laughs> <Right>. Three months. <laughs> Well, we're in Pittsburgh, so we're, we're a little smaller than Boston. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can say I interviewed uh, Dr. Josh, Josh Emder for Moving to Live, and he was not licensed in Pennsylvania, but one of his colleagues was. And having been with them about 11 months, because they're dealing with a smaller number of patients, I have better interaction with my physician on a proactive basis, not I'm sick, but right. try this or what about what – about, uh, what about doing this? That I'm a huge fan. I have very good insurance and I still pay the money out of pocket each month to have him as my family practice physician. Yeah, they do great work. And and the the point you touched on there is is what brings a lot of people to Inside Tracker. We have a lot of athletes and female athletes in particular that, you know, are experiencing fatigue. And um, the response they've heard from their doctor is, eh, the, you're training a lot. Of course, you're going to be tired. Or if they can convince them to do blood work, they'll often test serum iron instead of ferritin. And if you ate a steak yesterday, your serum iron could be high or, or it could be optimal. It's probably not going to be low. Um, and, and it's more useful to understand your ferritin level and we see 50% of, of females under the age of 50 having suboptimal ferritin levels. So that could be a value of 11, that could be a value of 6, that could be a value of 39. But as long as it's above 10, the physician will say, oh, you're, you know, you're low, uh, but that's about it. Whereas if, if you're a female endurance athlete and your value is 12, like, of course, you're going to be exhausted all the time. And of course, you should take a supplement immediately. Um, whereas the, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like everyone has their own scope of practice and, and physicians are very essential for, for certain things, but they're, they're not trained in these areas. And, and the problem is people are going to them with that problem and they don't know what to do or they don't, you know, they weren't educated around nutrition or things like they do a couple hours worth of it. Um, so instead of giving bad advice or, or wrong advice, they just don't give advice. They say, Oh, you know, it's not, it's not low enough to be a problem. Uh, so modify your training or, or train less, um, which none of us want to hear. We're talking with John Levitt of inside tracker. I know that I've been aware of Inside Tracker for a fair amount of time, but there are probably going to be listeners who are going to say, well, how does a blood test work if you don't go to a doctor? Because many people are familiar with going to a doctor and a doctor might write a script and they may take the blood right there in the uh, doctor's office or they may send you to a testing center. Somebody's listening to this and they're training hard or maybe they just say, you know, my doctor doesn't want to give me a blood test or maybe they're in a situation where I have a very high copayment but I want to know what some of my values are. Right. 
how does it work with Inside Tracker? Say somebody listens to this when this airs in a few weeks and they say, you know, gee, I want to try that out. How does this work? Pretty well. <laughs> um, so the way, that, the way that it works is um, you go on our site, you sign up for a plan. We have, a, we have too many options available, but um, I would suggest either Ultimate or Essentials, depending on your budget. Ultimate's the most comprehensive. Essentials is a selection of the 12 metrics that we most commonly see as problem areas. Those are also included in, in Ultimate. Um, so you select a plan. You tell us more about food frequency, exercise, lifestyle, demographic information. So we start to build this profile on you so that we can give you guidance based on who you are. Uh, after you complete that profile, we email you a, a requisition form or a lab slip that you print out and bring to a local Quest Diagnostics lab in your area. So you do it locally. Uh, the results are back within about a week or so, and then you can start making changes and, and tweaking your diet, again, based on who you are and what your body's needs are. And I know I was uh, pleasantly surprised when I had a blood test done with Quest and I registered my account. It'll actually feed right into my Apple Health as part yep. of uh, a wellness program, which they yeah, didn't advertise and I found out accidentally. Yeah, it's new and it's a very cool uh, feature there. It was very interesting because once I registered for the account, it actually pulled up a blood test from three years ago that I had, wow. do, had done at Quest. It's like, oh, oh wow, cool. look at these. Yeah. So somebody gets this. So they get the, the requisition. They get the blood test. Where does the report come from? I know I've, I've gotten uh, blood test reports from my doctors. You know, I've gotten basically a paper copy saying, you know, for example, here's your ferritin iron level or here's your serum iron level. Here's a range of normal and you follow the normal range or not. How does this differ or how is it the same to what to basically picking up a printout of your blood test? Yeah, so what we do is we display it uh, against your normal and optimal range. So normal, we all have the same normal range if we're a living human. Um, and optimal is where it's at in terms of, of improvement. So a 70-year-old male versus a 30-year-old female or a 30-year-old female that exercises versus a 50-year-old male that doesn't, they all have different needs. Um, and, and so the profile that, that you fill out upon registering allows us to determine, are you here? Are you here? Are you in the middle? You know, what are your specific needs as an individual? And then the output is basically eat this food X number of times a week in order to achieve better longevity or improved sleep or whatever it might be. Uh, so that you can you can get into that optimal range based on uh, nutrition and and supplementation and lifestyle. And how does a, how is optimal determined? Is this based on uh, somebody looking at the individual tests? Is it based on your age? Is it based on? Yeah, so there there are a handful of of variables that go into that. So it can be as specific as you know a a fifty year old Asian female has a different. HSCRP level than a 50-year-old white male. Uh, and so our research has identified um, longevity-focused or performance-focused research studies uh, linking certain levels to better results. And so then we look at studies on how do I modify this value to get it into the optimal range. So there are sort of two algorithms at play here. One is the one that's creating the optimal range. And then the other is uh, the, the guidance to help get into that optimal range. So 
the platform itself is basically a big data warehouse of PubMed research studies. And all these research studies are, are available within the platform. You can click and see why am I being recommended ashwagandha as a supplement or why is, you know, why, why are you reckon, recommending that I eat beans four times a week to help with my glucose levels, things like that. So somewhere someone has done a study on, on healthy people modifying certain levels from some sort of diet or lifestyle based intervention and based on the recency or the number of times it was it was cited or the type of study the the that study gets a specific weight within our uh within our platform and the highest weighted uh studies come to the top so that you get the recommendations that we're that we're most confident about uh first and so Oftentimes, those are the ones that are hardest or people don't want to do or, um, you know, things like that. Um, but those are the ones that work. And so that's, that's, what, that's what we do. We, we distill scientific research into do this or do that or eat this way or eat that way. Um, so you might see a recommendation to eat more meat. I might see a recommendation to eat less meat. You know, same food, but but we um, we have different needs. So that's that's all factored into uh, into the equation. And is this something that if there is a value that is way, way out there that the recommendation may be, you know, this is something that just doesn't look right. You need to seek medical attention and go see your physician? Yeah. So if anything is outside the normal range, we recommend speaking with the physician. Um, oftentimes people will test post-race or post, you know, CrossFit games or something like that. And their inflammation levels are through the roof. So stuff like that can be uh, expected at times, but other times there are things that um, that are a problem. Like if your calcium is uh, in the red, um, you're not going to solve that through dietary sources. For example, calcium is a, a very tightly regulated uh, mineral in the body, and and if it's actually low, that's a sign of a problem. Um, so we're not going to address that by saying, you know, drink more milk or take a calcium supplement. There might be something going on that you need to address via, uh, a physician. So that's part of the, the reason that we like this partnership with SteadyMD because they have the, the, um, ability to help with those types of interventions. And for listeners who are not familiar with SteadyMD, you're paying a fee a month to have, tele-access to a general practice or family physician. Uh, how does the partnership, if somebody is involved with SteadyMD and Inside Tracker work in that if I'm a SteadyMD customer and I get an Inside Tracker blood test, is this something that is then sent to the doctor where the doctor discusses it? Or how does that differ from just me getting online with Inside Tracker and say, hey, I'm going to buy the ultimate package? Yeah. So, um, they ha they have access to their clients that sign up through us or that sign up for Inside Tracker, so they're able to view remotely. So it it lends to a better conversation um, if you're speaking with a physician, and then there are just discounts that go both ways, sort of preferred pricing uh, for both communities. And I'm curious, have you had uh, instances or a growing case of physicians outside of SteadyMD coming to you and say, hey, I like what you're doing. I'd like to incorporate what you do as part of my practice with some of my patients. Yeah. I mean, I just had a call with a physician uh, this morning and he was like, yeah, I love what you do. It's uh, better than what I can do. Um, 
I can do the analysis and, and just send you the data. So we're able to provide guidance on existing data uh, through what we call our DIY uh, plan. So you just upload the data and, and get analysis. And then we have other physicians that are like, okay, your pricing is better than what I can, what I can get for my clients through insurance. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to bill them and, and you can bill me, um, which is really backwards. Like, it's so strange that a physician is using a third part, a, a for-profit third-party uh, business entity to facilitate blood testing and, and additional guidance on top of that. But, hey, it's a need. We're happy to fill it. Um, I had a call from a guy uh, yesterday who was saying he was in you know, a tough place with, um, with his insurance company, and his insurance company wasn't able to, to offer any blood testing for uh, even close to reasonable prices. So he ended up spending a couple thousand dollars with us because we get better pricing on many of these markers than um, anyone else can get just walking into a lab. So here's someone that is going to spend a couple thousand dollars to, to just get access to the information. Whereas insurance basically had him in handcuffs and said, you, we can't do this unless it, you pay, you know, $5,000. It's ridiculous. But our, our mission is to help people take control of their health and performance. And if that means um, facilitating the testing for physicians, sure, we'll do it. <laughs> I know I get my blood tested every four months and I pay out of pocket because the tests that my physician suggests, some of them the insurance company deems is non-essential. So I right. have to pay for the matter of pocket. And to me, the first time it happened and I got the bill from the insurance company, my initial thought was, well, why is this happening? My physician suggested it. And when I talked to the insurance company, they said, well, based on your age and your overall health level, we don't deem these tests necessary. <laughs> right. And, Until you're sick. <laughs> well, I, I have a, I've had some eye problems and my eye surgeon has always said, remember you're an N of one. There's some general physiological principles. So as an N of one, I'm willing to pay money out of pocket so that I can find out problems such as the low vitamin D that I found out right. before the problem occurs and causes significant health risks. So I'm right. a huge yeah, fan of anybody who promotes wellness. For sure. It's crazy. Um, you mentioned the non-essential tests. My, um, my roommate, my prior roommate uh, tried to get our testing done through his physician and he was charged $240 for vitamin D alone. We have a we have a test for ninety nine dollars that includes vitamin D and four other metrics, um, and it's crazy that you know you said non essential, but thirty five percent of our users have low vitamin D, so that's that's a pretty substantial portion of people that you know they're missing sleep quality, they're missing recovery potential, they're missing mood, they're missing um, you know testosterone impact and and things like that. It affects every single function in the body. Why is that not an essential test? To me, that's ridiculous. But again, we're here to help facilitate it. Somebody's listening to this, and I know one thought that may come in is like, okay, insurance doesn't cover this, but I would imagine, and you can maybe comment on this, just if somebody has a flexible medical spending plan, can they submit uh, inside tracker bills for that? Yeah, fortunately, you can use HSA or FSA funds for any of our lab testing plans, um, which is great. We learned that like a year and a half ago now. 
uh, and we've had a lot of people sign up through through those uh, those funds. And I'm curious, prior to working with Inside Tracker, had you had your blood drawn as you trained for marathons, or is this something you started? No, doing? never. Yeah, no, I never had. I never thought even to to link the two. Um, and I've had some fascinating post marathon uh, results. Do you sometimes get yourself tested pre-marathon and post-marathon just so you can geek out on those difference based on what happens after a couple hours on the run? Yeah. So I, I was doing some blogging around the 2017 Boston Marathon. So I tested, uh, so Boston Marathon is uh, mid-April. So I, I did some testing in January to get a baseline. And then um, at the end of February, at the end of March, after I had gone through peak training, and then um, I had tested two days post-race and then 10 days post-race. Uh, and it was fascinating to see. I didn't have a good race. And I did a lot of the things that I recommend that other people don't do before a marathon and sort of just didn't take my own advice. Um, and my testosterone tanked 700 points. And and my coach was like, yeah, you're you're taking – I ended up taking three weeks off of exercise entirely. Um, and it was, I think 25 days before I ran after the marathon, which is like really tough, uh, if you're someone that loves running, but I had this data that validated, like I was trashed and my original plan was I had such a bad race and I ran an hour over goal time that I was like, yeah, I'm going to run another marathon in May or June. Um, but the data showed that don't even think about it (laughs) because, because I was so beat up that that would have just put me further in the hole. I know that some people become slaves to the data and other people use the data as a tool. For you as somebody who is a runner and has the access to use this, do you use it as a tool or are you a slave to it? It's like, okay, these value, these blood values say this, so no matter what, I'm going to take time off or do you use other metrics to help determine what you're going to do in your training and performance? Yeah, so I always share the data with my coach and it it ends up being a tool to help drive decision-making. So you take objective and subjective data um, as simple as, are you motivated right now? Uh, are you excited about training? Are you happy? Things like that um, that can be pretty black and white and then layer the, how do we, how do we improve this? So there are things that are that are black and white that you should be a slave to the data with, something like iron or vitamin D, like you simply must listen to things (laughs) like that. Um, If your testosterone goes down a little bit or if your cortisol goes up a little bit or inflammation is up a little bit, um, you can modify around that or back off or or increase training um, as facilitated or as as guided by the data. But um, there are some some components of it where like you, you simply must make a change due to what you see. One of the things that we've seen as we progress in the 20th century is the ability for runners and other endurance athletes to have more data and more data in regards to training. I know you mentioned your your Garmin watch. And I remember when they first came out with GPS watches and I thought it was the best thing ever because I could run the actual distance I wanted to run and not kind of an estimation or ride a bike beforehand to plan out the route. 
what is your recommendation? Because I know that there are some endurance athletes or some athletes or active people who have quite a bit of money and they'll say, well, if one blood test is good, then three is better. And I could see them wanting to purchase uh, an inside tracker blood test every week of the year. <laughs> yeah, we have, um, we have people that, that are, on, are on an unlimited plan and they test monthly. Um, they, they do it more around dietary interventions and trying to understand, or they're just like real data nerds and they just really just want a, a thorough baseline. But we have people that'll go vegan for 30 days or we have people that'll try keto or, um, or add oatmeal or whatever. And they just want to see, does it work? And is this something that I'm wasting or is it something I'm wasting my time doing? Um, I think the gold standard is doing it quarterly. A few years ago, Mark Cuban said, if you have the funds to, to do it, test as much as you possibly can on a quarterly basis so that if something deviates from what your optimal range is or your own normal range, you know and you can catch it before it becomes a, a big issue. So I think he made a really great point in, in that comment where if, if, you're, if you're testing once a year, you, know, you could have 364 days elapsed between data points and and something could you know could happen a month later or six months later or whatever you don't want to waste that year but if you're if you're you know taking your car in for a tune-up more frequently than you're you're taking your own body in for a, you know the same evaluation i think it's a sign that um you know there's more to be gained from from knowing more about yourself Great information from John Levitt of Inside Tracker. Make sure you check out his podcast that he runs for the long run. Check out Inside Tracker. We'll have extensive show notes. And I think he's given us a lot of things to think about as far as treating our, ourselves like cars and that we do regular maintenance on our cars, having an idea what's going on with our body may take going beyond what health insurance pays for if your goal is wellness and you have the funds to allow it. John, I want to thank you for taking time on a busy day to talk to Moving to Live. I know you need to get going because you've got your own podcast interview to do in just a few minutes. Thank you. It was, uh, it was a fun one. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Moving to Live. Make sure you check out the show notes for contact information for our latest guest, as well as links about all the things we talked about. Intro and exit music is Traveling Light by Jason Shaw. You can subscribe to Moving to Live on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play and be notified about new episode releases. Have any questions, comments, or suggestions? Drop us an email, mov2liv at gmail.com. Connect with us on Twitter or Instagram, both underscore mov2liv. Please tell your friends about Moving to Live. It's a go-to place for information for movement and exercise professionals and amateur aficionados who understand that movement is part of what makes your life complete. Until next week, keep on moving.